0: Happy Pride, y'all! I'm Brian De Los Santos, and this is How To LA, the show where we help you have some pride in your community this June. We kind of live in a weird time, folks. The LGBTQ plus community is the most accepted and mainstream it's been in my lifetime, but it feels like every day there's a new headline about how we're under attack. Target is the latest company making changes following backlash over its LGBTQ plus support. The transgender community in the United States is reeling as Republican lawmakers and prominent conservative figures try to curtail their rights. Tonight, the LA Dodgers mired in a Pride Night controversy, the team facing backlash for rescinding a community award and a Pride Night invitation to the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, a historic drag group that describes themselves as queer and trans nuns devoted to charity work. Despite all that, Pride celebrations in LA are moving forward. There's gonna be dancing, community building, and hopefully, a lot of queer joy. Today on the show, we have a little roundtable discussion for you about what Pride means in LA today with folks who put on events and Angelenos like me and you. I'm gonna be chatting with Treyville Anderson, journalist and author of We See Each Other, and a good friend of mine, Kevin Perez from Somos Familia, it's a nonprofit that puts on San Fernando Valley Pride. They host a community event during Pride Month. And Ricardo Sebastian, executive director of Out Loud, which is the big music festival that's associated with We Hope Pride. Happy
1: Pride, y'all. Happy Pride, happy
0: y'all. Pride. Happy Pride. I mean, well, this question flows right out of that. And is it a happy Pride? Travel, I said a bunch of headlines, a bunch of things right now.
2: How are you doing? Baby, listen, it is an interesting moment to be going into pride while we are all navigating, you know, all of those headlines that you just listed, right? This is supposed to be, and it often is, right, an opportunity and a time to like just celebrate and take up space and be in community. Um, But it's also hard to not also pay attention to, as you mentioned, the legislative assault that we as a community are going through, especially trans women, trans girls, it presents this moment as a paradox, right, in which we want to celebrate, we want to be visible, we want to take up space, but we as a community are also super vulnerable in so many ways as well. I think for many of us, we're trying to thread that needle and figure out how to still celebrate you know, and be prideful in this moment while also recognizing, you know, that there's still more work to be done.
0: I hear that. And some of the folks who are joining us today are doing that work. Ricardo, I turn to you as an executive director of the music festival that is at WeHo Pride. You know, how are you trying to be prideful this month when it comes to serving the community?
3: Well, I will say on a personal note, I'm doing my best not to disassociate from reality as everything you listed is a a perfect reflection of the turmoil that society is in. And I just posted about this today. I think that we as community members have a responsibility to show up authentically as ourselves and in community with each other to show the world what love looks like, what community looks like and what acceptance looks like. And I know that, um, you know, what I just shared is kind of like rainbow and sunshine. And oftentimes that's not the reality of being in community. There's a lot of discourse within, but we have to keep moving forward. We cannot be scared. And I think especially in West Hollywood, you know, globally known as Rainbow District, one of the only queer led cities, we have a lot of privileges To be able to show up as ourselves, whereas many of our sister cities, it is not safe to do so. So I think we have to also be humble and know that this is a privilege that we get to be in community, that we get to organize, that we get to march through the streets. Um, But we have to do it with strength so that everyone around the world knows that we're here to stay.
0: Kevin, you serve... It's a big community in the San Fernando Valley, but it's, it is it is somewhat smaller to what Ricardo was establishing just now. What have you heard from the community as as we are in this moment of just so much anti-LGBTQ conversations, legislation, hate?
1: Yeah, I, I really want to thank Ricardo for emphasizing the privilege of like a, a city like West Hollywood. Because when we think of the outskirts of LA, like San Fernando Valley, and not too far from West Hollywood, but over the hill, um, there is... Even issues happening locally. I know recently uh, there's uh, a Elementary that's making big news here with parents trying to stop this rainbow event happening June 2nd for elementary school students who are going to celebrate uh, the diversity of families. So that's what I'm dealing with right now. Yeah, that's Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, that's LA. So. I, I think of those small communities, and I think the work that we're doing with Somos Familia Valle, That's that's kind of like our target audience. We're supporting like here, our Valley Pride. We're supporting in Sallentahunga, and I think it's that's that's where we need to do the work. That these small communities, where sometimes youth and adults escape from, because you know it's it's unsafe. But yeah, I think that's the root of of pride, right? You know, it started as a riot. Um, it started as a as a movement but I think that there's so much work that still needs to be done. You could see it for for yourself um, nationally and locally, how important it is for us to still, still be here and do this work.
0: I love that you touched upon the history of Pride. And by the way, we have a whole episode on How to LA about how Pride erupted from people protesting police harm and brutality on the queer community. And I have to give a nod to the action at the Black Cat in Silver Lake in 1967, which was actually the first documented uprising for queer rights. The history of Pride is known for protests and demands for the LGBTQ plus community for equal and better treatment. And I know that many Pride events have memorials and vigils to talk about violence against the community. But do you all feel like there's still this essence of protest as part of our present events?
3: Well, before I answer that, I want to give a shout out to the Queer Liberation March in New York because they are holding the line on protest and equal rights for our community. And that group is a group that has inspired me through my advocacy work. Another shout out for the Women's Freedom Festival and the Dyke March because they are also holding the line on protest in a meaningful way. Um, we are all too familiar with the corporate rainbow washing that happens annually, and I think many of us are coming to terms with existing in a capitalist infrastructure And I think that we see this in, you know, any other month of the year, Women's History Month, Black History Month. It just goes on and on. I hope that we will reach a day where we're able to fully just fund through the community to continue growing pride beyond the month of June. I think that we all have an opportunity to celebrate ourselves every single day of the year.
0: We'll be right back with Ricardo, Kevin and Trevelle.
1: Support for L.A.S. comes from Latino Theater Company at the Los Angeles Theater Center presenting American Mariachi by Jose Cruz Gonzalez. It's the 1970s and women can't be mariachis. Or can they? American Mariachi is a feel-good comedy about familia, amor, and tradicion that will send your heart soaring and put a bounce in your step with a wave of vibrant, infectious live music. On stage through June 9th, tickets and information at latinotheaterco.org.
0: And we're back, diving into how corporate pride feels these days. Ricardo, you just led me right into the next topic I wanted to cover with y'all, which is, you know, some folks complain that pride festivals are heavily based on partying and alcohol sponsorship or other types of sponsorship. And others that say it's great. These celebrations are going big. You know, it's probably their first time they go to pride and they get to like meet people who look and talk like them. Tickets have gone anywhere from free to $35, you know, upward of $100 per weekend. I've noticed it. I've been going to We Hope Pride since 2012. And so I've seen the changes. What would you say when folks might have their opinion that Pride is going a little bit corporate?
3: I would agree. I will also say that it's important to understand how expensive it is to produce these kinds of community events whether it's public safety, whether it's um, the production value of a street fair, a stage, etc. And at Out Loud, it is so important to us that we're paying the queer artists who are on the stages. We do not want to participate in exploiting our own community by asking them, please perform for free because it's pride. And to counter the capitalism and the exploitation of pride, Our team has made a commitment to make sure that we're giving away free passes every year. So as a reference, you know, the West Hollywood Park has a certain capacity for attendance, and we're set to give away about one-fifth of the capacity within West Hollywood Park to community members, and we are fulfilling those requests every single day. We also hosted a series of promotional events throughout West Hollywood, East LA, downtown LA, um, where we are able to connect with community members and again, give away free passes. Admittedly, the, the advocacy side of my heart, it's never gonna be enough. There are so many people that we have yet to reach and that is why I show up every single day with my team and continue to push the conversation so that we can let people know that everyone is welcome to Pride And we will continue to do our best to find balance between covering the cost of production and making the event accessible.
0: And I turn to you, Kevin, because you organize a smaller pride festivity in the 818. Shout out to my Valley girls, my Valley days and boys. Yes. <laughs> Go off. <laughs> talk about that, you know, and talk about just the, the the task at hand. You were just explaining earlier about the work you have to do in schools to try to get visibility within the classroom. But but just even like folks going against that visibility. Talk about that and also if like going bigger with a festival with bigger sponsors would help you?
1: Yeah, so I love, you know, in the last two, three years, I've seen it also where all these little small prides are popping out. And like, and I think that's just an answer to that question of like, has it gone too corporate? And maybe it has. But I think these small prides kind of center back community into the the, the pride efforts. Um, what I love about these small prides, like You know, sometimes these big prides have like big names and like, and these small prides give those opportunities, at least for like Mm. folks to shine, especially if you're from that community. And I think it gives, uh, it uplifts the community when it's like driven like that. I also like that these small prides kind of have like a mission behind it where they're like doing the work all year, right? And that's kind of what we're doing with Somos Familia Valle. Like we started doing the first pride in the Valley back in 2014, but because of that event, we decided to have programs and youth programs and all these things that we now offer. And I think it's there where it's like, okay, people need to find themselves in these small communities. I remember when I was like 15 traveling to WeHo for me from Sun Valley was a little too far. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I remember it was like, I think 30 bucks. And I didn't have that. So like, I know for us, like we try to make pride free, we've done, had it for every year, but yeah, just like uh, Ricardo said, it does get expensive as the pride goes bigger. Um, even now it's like, we're getting hit up by corporate sponsors and we're like, okay, now we need to assess them and stuff, but connecting to, back to the question, it's like, I think that's, that's what we need to make sure we, we don't forget when we, when we do these pride events. I know a lot of the small prides, it's very volunteer run and it's a group of people. That's how we started. Like, we all just really wanted something in the valley, right? But yeah, getting to those points of like investing in our community is really important, also.
0: Now, Trayvell, I want you to put on your Angelino hat. Like, I don't want you to talk about your journalism career. I mean, you can, <laughs> but just as someone who's lived in LA for what has it been like six, seven, eight years now, how do you feel Pride has changed the event of Pride?
2: I think. In the eight, nine years that I have lived in Los Angeles, I think we have seen that corporatization increase. You know, both of these folks just mentioned how expensive it can be to put these on. And I think it's important for people to realize that, you know, that we always say that the revolution won't be televised, but it does have to be financed. Well, the problem is, right, the smaller ones don't get, you know, the big performers, hmm. right? The smaller ones don't get Meg The Stallion or Mariah Carey or, you know, Grace Jones, right? And so part of it is also a conversation about how do, how do we take this broader pride ecosystem and ensure that some of the smaller, more connected prides, right, are also benefiting from everyone's interest in, you know, supporting the queer community.
0: I do wanna say and note that we are out people and we represent ourselves in the community. I wanna talk about the community being LGBTQ+, plus because we're not a monolith. Hopefully people listening to this podcast understand that and have established that in their lives. I wanna take a moment to go to a memory that I had when I was at We Hope Pride last year and there was this queer couple and they were young as fuck they were like i don't know like 20 maybe 22 at most and they were like laughing and just like dancing and like hanging out on the street right after the parade or whatever and i'm like wow wow This is like, that was me like 10, more than 10 years ago. And this is a space for them. And I never forget that, you know, and I never forget that when it's Pride Month, honey, if I'm somewhere public, I'm gonna say happy Pride to someone that's crossing the way. And I just wanna be joyful in the moment, right? So I do wanna say that for maybe each person, Pride means something different. I wanna center on the LGBTQ experience and where we're at because it kind of like dawned on me how much even in this chat we're all different and i want to just if you're able to open up and get real with us how do you feel as a community and where you're at in the community
2: well for me as a black non-binary person of trans experience i think it's important to also um highlight the racism and the femphobia. phobia within, and the transphobia within our broader LGBTQ plus community, um, and how that still manifests even during pride. I think that that is something that we as a community have to continue to grapple with and, and root out within our community. Um, because it, it, it makes it difficult, right. For someone like myself to want to go to pride
1: mm. when I
2: know that I'm going to have to fight some, you know, white gay, because he doesn't know how to, you know, check himself, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because he believes that just because he's gay, that he cannot also be racist, Mm -hmm. right? And I think there are a number of of instances that show up in community in, in those type of ways that necessitate us not necessarily painting this like united picture or united front as a community. So many gay people are still silent about the anti-trans legislation. Yeah. Right? Um, So many gay people are still silent about the anti-trans violence that has manifested in the deaths, right, of trans people, the majority of which who have been, you know, black trans women. Um, And I have been in instances Right in pride situations, pride conversations, pride spaces in which folks will say, oh, we're not doing that today. Wow. Like we're, we're trying to remain happy. We're trying to keep our smiles on and down our mimosas. We don't want to hear about the latest black trans woman who has mm-hmm. been killed. And those types of things make it even more difficult for many members of our community to show up at a pride and have those celebratory moments along with everyone else.
0: I hear you. Uh, Ricardo, how do you feel where we're at right now?
3: I have to agree with everything that um, has just been shared by Trayvall. And it's an uncomfortable truth that I hope more of our community will continue to engage with because um, there is a lot of looking the other way. Liberation is not meant to be comfortable uh, for really anyone in the process. I think for myself, I do my best to show up in community, but I do feel at times discouraged by the way that I'm received by my peers in, in our community. Um, and I've been on my non-binary journey for about two and a half years now. And when I'm in my full expression of self, I definitely get a very polarized reaction. Mm -hmm. If anything, that has taught me to love myself even more and to be more confident and to be stronger.
0: Well, you kind of mentioned uh, Ricardo, which is queer joy. And that's something that I feel like not everyone can experience, but some of us who've been able to touch that experience. I want to talk about that because Pride is about representing our community in the mainstream, but it's also finding our joy and our moments within our families, our communities, our friends, our branches sometimes, um, with the right folks, you know, Travel, I'm looking at you, you know, with the right people, the right settings. <laughs> and, you know, we're actually covering, we have this project called Queer LA. It's a year long project that reflects LGBTQ plus life here in LA. And one of the things that is being asked of the audience A simple question, you know, what brings you joy as a queer person in L.A.? And I want to ask, what does it mean for you, especially right now as Pride kicks off, to have some queer joy in your life? I'm going to start things off with Kevin.
1: Honestly, I think what brings me queer joy and like, I don't know, excitement to do this work is really seeing our folks become leaders and being involved in organizing and seeing them like have an opportunity to shine and that's what i love about grassroots organizers we just want to like transform our communities just to clear like coming together and having that chosen family it brings me so much joy
0: yeah i think in the church community people say fellowship i don't know how you translate it into like non-church things maybe trail can help me because that treville is a fellow church girl over there you know <laughs>
2: I mean, but I think that's it. It is fellowship, right? Like it's the exact same thing. I always say that, you know, the closest that I've been to a religious experience that I've had in church is on the dance floor at the club, right? When I am surrounded by other queer people, trans people who are just in their body, and living and existing as free as they wish to be. Um, And I think it's important for us to continuously claim that joy, um, not just during Pride Month, right, but Mm. you know, every single day of the year. I think it's, it's that joy that will give us the energy to like, keep going especially those who who don't live in you know the alleged you know liberal bastion that is los angeles i'm from south carolina honey right Right. i have family in florida where they're canceling pride celebrations Mm. because of the legislation Mm -hmm. right um and so it's important for us to continuously Claim that joy, whether it's going to the club, whether it's doing a a, a a book club, you know, for the for the girls who don't like to go dip it and do it on the dance floor, um, you know. Some knees, find you be careful listen, with your knees, okay? Listen, because my knees never mind. Anyway, <laughs> but for those folks, you know, it's about finding your community, finding your collective where you can have that fellowship that feeds you and pours into you, even as the rest of the world might want to, you know, disappear you.
0: You took me to a place where right after the poll shooting, um, someone wrote an essay for the Washington Post and said, the dance floor at gay bars is sacred because it is our church, because we... Experience liberation. Now, talking about liberation and dance floors and music, uh Ricardo, I will not stop until, you know, Solange or Beyonce make it happen at We Hope Pride. I'm sure you have all the exclusives, but I know you've been working really hard to provide community space at We Hope Pride at Outfest. What are you so excited about as Pride kicks off?
3: Well, I have a, a mouthful of things to say. First and foremost, <laughs> Beyonce will be in Europe during West Hollywood. I know, I know, I know. um, In terms of like, what brings me joy, I'm going to selfishly talk about myself because I'm having my own Renaissance with my body and my relationship with my body. And so as someone who's always been a little bit on the heavier side, um, this body is out every single day. I got my arm showing my belly button showing the chest showing. And it's something that um, I'm doing for myself because I believe that as humans we all have our own beauty to express and to do so confidently. As exhausted as I am with these long days, the one thing that is keeping me going every single day is to know that you know this time next week I will be surrounded by thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of community members. I think overall it's going to be a big beautiful weekend of love and celebration and um, as Trayvel mentioned about prides getting canceled in Florida and these other states, that just brings me back to the point we were talking about earlier, like just to embrace how lucky we are to be able to celebrate ourselves and each other openly and freely, all of those all of those items and so much more just they're what is keeping me joyful, happy, and motivated to continue doing the work that we do.
0: I love that. Thank you so much to y'all for sharing and being honest in this conversation. I know it can be a lot, specifically also to the organizers, Kevin and Ricardo, who y'all are just grinding into the moment of the event, right? And Trivell booked and busy local celebrity, um, fan favorite. Thank you so much for being... (laughs) 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 Authoress, hosts of everything. Anyway, I do want to say thank you so much for being here and offering your wisdoms and your experiences as being part of the LGBTQ plus community. So thank you.
3: So great to connect. Thanks. Thank Pride. you. Happy
1: Pride. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. <laughs> to
0: to Thanks to Kevin Perez, Trayvel Anderson, Ricardo Sebastian for coming on the show. Happy Pride, y'all. We have a full guide up on LES.com slash HowToLA about all sorts of Pride events happening across the LA area. You've made it to the end of the episode, so it obviously means you like this podcast. So I'm going to ask you for a favor. Subscribe and leave us a review. It truly helps us. And let us know what you're doing in LA for Pride this year. Hit us up on our email at la at scpr.org. This episode was produced by Victoria Alejandro. Our other producers are Megan Botel and Evan Jacoby. We hope to see you dancing this month. I know I will be. Alrighty, y'all. Bye. Support for this podcast is made possible by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe that quality journalism makes LA a better place to live.